millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flag Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Let's not dick about, it's the Turpin Odyssey and we didn't do anywhere near enough Turpin Odyssey-ing Odyssey-ing last time. Uh, We're looking at episode 5 of series 1 of Dick Turpin, which is called The Pursuit, um, which sounds very exciting. And um, so far, Dick and Swiftnik have been uh, robbed and they pursued the robber to a country house uh, where they were confronted by an old man with a gun uh, who was deaf. And uh, Dick and Swiftnik had to pretend to be rich travellers. Mm-hmm. And they were ushered indoors into the country house where there were two ladies who were doing some sewing and needlecraft. And that <laughs> one of them is Belinda, who's the daughter of the uh, the mother who's the other one uh, Mrs Beddingfield um, and Stacey Dorning was the actress who played Belinda and we got sidetracked massively about uh, about that really the family <laughs> her career and and then on to big eyes so uh, <laughs> oh and my big eyes trick yeah big yeah eyes story. The, the stuff of legend in my household <laughs> so we're sorry we got distracted big eyes life um, hack one for the kids there. Any young lads <laughs> looking to make a name for themselves on the love circuit? Um, the love scene, take, yeah. take, take, take some advice from me, a veteran. Yeah. Ma- widen your eyes and never blink. The ladies love it. Big and- <laughs> <laughs> it's what they're all into. It's timeless. Amazing. Yeah. It's not just a passing phase, it's timeless. So, um, yeah, uh, so... The 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 so they've been robbed. Um, there's some talk of prancers, which is um, another word for horses, apparently. Mm. And somebody says Fancy it's what cousin horses, Charles. It's what cousin Charles refers to them as. And then um, Mrs. Bedingfield says, "Don't mention that rogue's name in this house." And that's cousin Charles, who we see a lot more of a bit later on. So they've just laid down a little marker there about cousin Charles. Uh, and who he is so we find out a lot more about him later on there's a lot in this episode I thought it felt quite slow in the first few minutes but it gathers pace as it yeah. goes along yeah yeah and as all sorts happens in it so Dick is pretending to be a rich traveller and he does his posh voice which is a little variation on his fop voice that he did in the last um, the last episode so Dick Richard O'Sullivan they're both one and the same I think uh, he really enjoys um, camping it up. Yeah, he's done and that before. This, this is like he's done, he's now <laughs> doing it. I think, what episode are we on? Five. 
Number five, yeah. He's done. This is the second time, at least. He's, he he goes in disguise most episodes, and very often mm-hmm. he goes in camp disguise. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, a robber. He's a highwayman. But really, in this, he's more of a cop. Yeah, because he is. Yeah, he he, or as you've said, a cowboy, because he writes wrongs. Yeah, it's based uh, entirely it, it on a things. it's based entirely on a cowboy style serial, isn't it? Like yeah. an American cowboy style, and that is I know we talked about it before, but that's the genius of the show, and it's why it's so like bizarre that it hasn't it didn't carry on longer, or it hasn't ever been attempted again because it's the closest Britain has got to a cowboy, and you see that mm. that format being reused a lot now. If you look at the Mandalorian or the Book of Boba Fett, but particularly Mandalorian, which I thought was great. It's a, it's exactly the same format as Dick Turpin. It, it really is. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you... Did you watch it, any of the Mandalorian? I watched about the first five or six, yeah. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's like every day, every week, he kind of arrives in a new place. And mm-hmm. it's like... It, it's the classic kind of a small Mexican village is being harassed by some local exploitative yeah. toughs. And yeah. this and this, and this cowboy, this loner rides into town and writes the wrongs. And that's what happens in Mandalorian every week. It's what happens in all classic Westerns, and it's what happens in Dick Turpin every episode. It's fucking and it, superb. And it's what happens in The Littlest Hobo as well, that we've also talked about. Yeah, yeah, which we well, will deep dive at some point in the future. We, we'll get around to it. So, um, yeah, and Dick is doing his posh voice, and he says, it's, it is not one hour since Mr. Swift and I were robbed by a highwayman. And um, Belinda, the, the daughter, says, a highwayman? And he says, we we followed him here. Swiftnick says, Swiftnick's trying to do gentlemen as well. Mm. Not quite as good. Because um, obviously Swiftnick's still rough around the edges. He's still uh, on his probation. And he says, the villain may still be loose in the grounds. There's not a moment to lose. Um, and Mrs. Benefield goes, in the grounds? <laughs> a nice little bit. Mm. <laughs> so the other daughter comes in. She's called Abby. She brings some tea in. And the um, Dick and Swiftnick are given their father's pistols. So they go off towards the stables and to mm. the grounds to try and find this uh, highwayman that robbed them. The horse has, by this point, gone. Mm. And Swiftnick says, um, he says, it could be miles away by now. And then Dick does some thinking. And the camera <laughs> zooms in. The camera zooms in slowly on his thinking face. To denote thinking, yeah. <laughs> He's almost stroking his chin as he thinks. <laughs> he goes, hmm. And he's uh, plotting about what to do next. Um, so they, they go back in and they, they're enjoying tea with this family in this country house. Uh, Dick explains away the fact that they're not dressed like rich men. He says that they're travelling in old clothes so as not to attract the attention of high women which is very good. And then um, Dick has to give Swiftnick a little visual jolt because Swiftnick's not using his saucer. Uh, You're supposed to hold your saucer in one hand and your teacup in the other. And um, Swiftnick, the the young pig that he is, is just drinking (laughs) straight out of the cup. So Dick just rattles his saucer against his teacup just to see it. Uh, How does Dick saucer? know all that? I think Dick used to be from money, you know. You know, like, his well, pa- his parents got yeah. starved to death by Sir John Glatton. Because he went off to war, didn't he? So his very family... Like, very like Robin Hood, that, isn't it? Mm. Same same deal, I think, in, in Robin Hood. Like, he went off, and he was from, like, so, sort of, like, landowning 
classes. Mm. But when he came yeah. back, like the sheriff of Nottingham had nicked his family's land and basically, I don't know, fucking burnt them or something. Yeah. And then, the he, and then he's an outlaw. Yeah. So they're actually... Actually, Dick Turpin and Robin Hood both quite middle class. Yeah, I mean it is very influenced by the Robin Hood story, and then of course the um, Richard Carpenter who did Dick Turpin went on to do Robin and Sherwood a few years later. Mm. So maybe this is issues with the Robin Hood state. This is this is infinitely better than the eighties Robin and Sherwood because we talked about like years ago, quite in the early days of this pub, we talked quite a lot about um, how that you know the stag man. And I, and Keith Allen, I think, was Sheriff of Nottingham, or at least someone associated with it. We wa- we watched a bit, like we didn't mm. deep dive it. It was when there was a like, you know, when I go running in Richmond Park, there's often a stag that appears before me, and mm. I often am waiting for it to communicate with me, like it. Yeah. But it, it never does, but it does with its eyes. Mm. And um, but I, you know, when we were talking about, it, I watched it back because obviously I got really powerful and happy memories of how happy I was watching it. In fact, if my dad used to come pick me up at the weekend and take me out, I remember vividly getting really sulky if we were out doing something, mm. you know, a sort of wholesome divorce dad and son thing, like yeah. you know, out in the fucking country or something, and I'd get really sulky with him if we didn't get me home in time to watch Robin of Sherwood. Yeah, yeah, like a little. Yeah, right. Like a sh- little shithead, but I watched it back, and it's um, it's not ungrateful it, shit. Yeah, an ungrateful shit, uh, and it's just not as good. It's just no. it's it's like it's no. weird. It, the thing is, it's weird, mate. It's fucking weird. It? It's got all this supernatural shit going on in it, which is yeah. off off putting to me. And um, mm. yeah, it's not, and it's not as fast paced, and it doesn't have the same charm and humour as Dick Turpin. So this this is very much his best work. Dick Turpin is Richard Carpenter's album of pop hits. And then it, Robin it, Sherwood totally is his second album. Is, is his where concept he decides to album. Try and, yeah, he tries to become more uh, complicated and yeah. mature. Goes all a bit prog. Um, so there's, um, yeah, there's some conversation and um, uh, Dick says, but, but for your kindness, Mr. Swift and I would have had to spend the night under the stars. So they're being put up for the night in this, this big house. Um and Dick then raises his glass and does a toast. This is very saucy. He says, a toast, Nicholas, to the gentle sex. Oh. <laughs> and Swift Nick raises his glass and says, the gentle sex. And the mother, Mrs. Benningfield, kind of like goes a little bit, oh. Dirty couple <laughs> also, of... Oh, oh, some gentle sex, eh? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds all right. Dirty buggers, the pair of them. Yeah. But Dick is eyeing up the daughter. He's eyeing up the big-eyed daughter. Um, I know, he's quite a bit older then, but, you know, she seems yeah. quite taken by him, so she fair enough. Ke- she seems keen. He, he's a, uh, he's a, he's, there's no point deciding to live wild like he has if you're not going to sow your wild oats a little bit. Get your end away as in often your, as possible. In yeah. the woods, which is presumably yeah. where he does it. And I am starting to wonder whether or not, because Swiftnick's got an eye for the ladies as well, but strikes me as um, what we've referred to in the past as a two-pump pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon sometimes yeah, that, that they both swift, they yeah. both pull and they go back to their inn or to their woodland lair with a couple of Dorises yeah. and they're like, right, let's get it on and they both are doing it like but mm. in the same vicinity so they have to watch and, and well, Swiftnick they, st- they start at the same time. Go! They, 
They start at the same time, and Swiftnick does the two pump pirate routine. Go, oh, Dick, I've mucked it up again. And Dick's like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's Bernard Breslau and Sid James, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, look, right, you, you go down to the lake and wash yourself off and calm down. <laughs> When I'm done with this one, I'll I'll finish yours for you. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So but look, these, you, you can't forget these people were living in a savage time, and they were and they were uncivilized. Sex, sex yeah. was not like it is today. With no, with the respect, yeah, uh, that that is now you know rightly involved. These these people, we you know they're charming, yes, but these men. They rarely washed. They lived in the fucking woods. Yeah, and and they held people up at gunpoint for a living. Yeah. You know, these were not gentlemen. They weren't, even though they pretended to be gentlemen at this yeah. point in time. So uh, the other daughter, Abby, plays, is it a harpsichord? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and Go uh, on. then she said, Go get your harpsichord. Go on. Switch it. Switch we, it on. Let's we, have some tunes. We've got some guests. So and then uh, one of them says, uh, I think maybe Mrs. Betterfield says, will you entertain us, Mr. Turner? So Dick now is on the fucking ropes here. He has to play the harpsichord. He says, my pleasure. Swift, Swiftnick looks nervous at this development. He's mm. thinking, surely Dick can't play the harpsichord. But, oh, yes, he can. Dick can play the harpsichord. Like you said, he's a very, uh, he's a man of many skills and talents. So he knocks out a lovely tune. Um... And Mrs. Birdingfield says, "Charming, charming. I feel quite lulled," which is uh, that's a that's a sentence I think I'd like to use in life. I'd like to feel quite lulled. Mm. Uh, Belinda, L- the daughter, l- says, "Lull away. That's my fucking attitude yeah, towards people. It's come and come and lull me away. Come and lull me. Yeah, it's all part of the just rest lifestyle." Yeah. Um, Belinda says, "What's it called?" And Dick pauses, and then he says, "Belinda." Oh, <laughs> fucking hell, he's smooth, isn't he? Swiftnick rolls his eyes, not for the first time. Not, <laughs> not for the last time, rather, in this episode. Then, fucking hell, major plot development. The two sisters are in the bedroom, um, and Abby is laughing and saying, if only they knew. Um, yeah. Belinda says, where did you put lightning? Abby, in the cow shed. Oh, where's the loot? So, there we uh, are. These are the robbers. I saw this coming. These. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know. Mm. We probably didn't see it coming when we were nine when we first watched nah. this, but... But, yeah, it was it was quite well signposted. Um, that's probably why Cousin Charles was mentioned as a decoy, to mm. make us think it was him. So, they get the loot out. There's loads of it. It's, it's, it's all of Dick and Swiftnick's loot. It's all jewellery and, um, you know necklaces and all that kind of thing and it's the kind of it's the kind of swag that you can run between your fingers you can yeah. lift it up and just let it fall away <laughs> like lamb from a bone yeah the best kind of loot um so uh they realize that um they've robbed from high women they've realized that they aren't rich travelers because they would be carrying this kind of loot around if they were um and that they are staying in the house. So this is a big problem for them. Um, they find a locket which has got a picture of the two sisters in it. Mm. And they realise that it was uh, Aunt Sophia's, who was robbed, they say, three weeks ago by Dick Turpin. Oh. So this is how they realise this is Dick Turpin, who is under their roof. Um, 
Anne Belinda decides she's going to leave for London before Turpin twigs me, she says. Mm. And then, and then Abby says, why? But why are you going? She says, um, because he is the cleverest rogue in England and because because he makes my heart bound like a tennis ball. <laughs> now, when I first heard this, I thought, hang about, what sort of tennis balls did they have in them days? That's what I thought as well, yeah. I mean, when was tennis invented? And even if it was invented back then, did they have, like, rubber? I'm not sure, because rubber feels like quite no. a modern invention to me. No. I don't oh, know how fucking... bouncy a tennis ball would be back then. When um, but... were tennis balls It was Sir John invented. Tennis Ball, wasn't it, 1862? Yeah. Here we go, the history of the tennis ball. The first <laughs> tennis ball was made... You're not going to believe this, mate. The first... 1862? No. You're cl- <laughs> fucking close, though. Listen to Whoa. this. The first tennis ball was made in the 1850s by, mm. guess who? Not Sir, jo- not Sir John Tennis Ball, <laughs> but Charles Goodyear. Oh! Yeah! The rubber, the rubber man! They were originally completely rubber, but they were found to wear down and break too quickly to counter this. They covered the ball with flannel and kept the same rubber core. So this is the first misstep by the um, writers of Dick Turpin. And we're five episodes in because, I mean, not that you and I are experts in historical detail. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. what? hang on, when is this set? Dick Turpin. 1750s, I think, when Turpin was around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, he was, was, I think he got found guilty. He was born in 1705. He was hung by the neck until dead in 17... Uh, 39. So we're talking over a hundred years before the tennis ball was even fucking invented. Well, tennis was played in the 18th century. With what? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Probably a fucking dead tennis animal. Tennis balls. I don't know what they were made of, though. I don't know what they were made of back then. Um, It was a very um a royal and aristocratic thing. It certainly wasn't played down the local park on a tarmac course mm. with lines painted on it. Course? Court. Um, I mean, it's still, it's, pretty, it's still pretty posh, isn't it, tennis, to be fair? A, there was an epitaph in St Michael's Church Coventry written circa 1705, which read in part, Here lies an old tossed tennis ball, was racketed from spring to fall, with so much heat and so much haste, time's arm for shame grew tired at last. So there, tennis was around. We don't know what the balls consisted of or how boundy or mm. bouncy they were, but uh, uh, Dick makes Belinda's heart bound like a tennis ball. So um, there we are. Um, Swiftnick suggests they search the house. Dick and Swiftnick are in their their quarters by now. Dick doesn't fancy getting shot by the deaf old man, though, so they don't. But they see the sisters sneaking about out of the window. And this is Belinda making her escape. Um, and she says she's going to return when she's a duchess. Ooh. So she's away to London to um, find herself a, a rich husband. That shouldn't take and, long with uh, those big eyes. Exactly. And Dick says, Belinda, of all the artful, scheming, cunning, captivating little charmers. Oh, <laughs> oh it's mutual. Just wait till I catch her, he says. Oh, I don't know. This sounds, he's verging on toxicity here. But like we say, you know, the bloke 
the bloke is Dick Turpin. He's a savage. Mm. It's not a new man. It's not a reconstructed meal, it's is not, it? It's not, no. So then they set off the next morning and they catch up with her very easily. So um, she must be just having a nice trot along down to London and um, Dick and Swiftnick go herring after her and they catch up with her. Um, and Dick says, uh, Good morning, and from one highwayman to another, those britches suit you very well. Britches. We all like britches, don't we? And he says, Off your prancer, or should I say, off your horse. So she realises the game's up, she's been found out and caught and all that. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. And then uh, Dick offers to fight her, (laughs) which is, uh, again, it's not very... Not very modern or gentlemanly. It's a, yeah, it's an improbable um, come on, isn't it? It's it's not going to be a fair fight either. He says, if you want to be a man, I'll treat you like a man. I won't be satisfied until I've splashed your blood all over the grass. As he rolls up his sleeves, ready for a fight. <laughs> so, and Swiftnick's just standing on watching by chewing a piece of corn at the same time. It's a nice little detail. I got challenged to a fight by a female... Mm-hmm. Um, who I had to work with mm-hmm. within seconds of us first meeting. It was since it was one of the most exhilarating experiences of my life. Within seconds, had you done anything to prompt this? She was no, a- she was. She's. She is. I wonder if I should name her. I mean, it doesn't really reflect badly on her at all. It reflects well on her, right? So I'll say right. it. Then you can be better. But there's a fantastic uh, broadcaster called who's from the northeast like yourself mm-hmm. but she is from Middlesbrough called Kirsten O'Brien are you familiar oh, yeah. with her oeuvre yeah of course she's been around for a long time yeah hasn't she? so she is brilliant right one of the best laugh people I've ever worked with and we had to present a show I think I might have mentioned for us it was a really funny show because it was like when they were first trying to get people to watch video on mobile phones and it was the 2006 right. World Cup and th- oh, yeah. three mobile spent a shit ton of money on making on buying the rights to highlights from all the World Cup matches and the making a show that just went to people who were on three mobile and had the r- necessary type of fun, which was very few people, right? Yeah. But they spent so much money on it, and somehow I landed the gig of hosting it, right? And so mm. it was one of those well-paid jobs, but like no one was watching. I've done a few of those, right? And uh, <laughs> and uh, and it was like the footballers were Ray, Ray Wilkins, Les Ferdinand, Graham Lasseau, plus some cameos yeah. from a few other remarkable individuals, such as Paul Parker, right? And but the other host was Kirsten O'Brien, and when we had to we had to meet, and the reporter from Germany was Ali McCoist, right? Mm. So before the show started, there was a photo shoot for all three of us to promote it together. Right. Obviously, Ali McCoist is everything you'd expect him to be and more, right? Yeah. Just a wonderful, legendary man, right? Yeah. Who absolutely took the piss. Like, either I thought I was taking the piss, but he was like, every night going, now we're going to Ali McCoist. And he was being paid, like, a few grand a night. And mm. it would always be, because it was like those days, there was no fucking... 4G or 5G with perfect crystal yeah. clear HD video. Be, we think we've got him on the line now. And you just have a blurry picture of him walking along outside the stadium having just watched the game going, hello, I can't quite hear you. Yeah, it was a good game. I don't think it should have been a penalty. 
Oh, we've see you lost- later. We- see ya, bye. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, we've lost him. Okay, well, that's <laughs> his money out for the night. But we saw him in London. Anyway, Kirsten O'Brien walked in and she went, all right, Ali. She went, who are you, Sam? And I went, yeah. And she went, do you want to fight? I went, what? And before I could fucking register what was going on, she did this move where she suddenly slid onto the floor, lay on her back. This is in a photo <laughs> studio, right? And sort of fr- like did sort of splayed out her legs and like <laughs> uh, put her feet like around my ankles and just incapacitated me. So I immediately <laughs> fell backwards onto my ass. <laughs> and then she flipped up and pinned me, right? With her knees, right? And yeah. Ali McCoyce is there laughing his head off. And she was just like, right, now you know not to fuck with me. Yeah. In my face. And there's, a, there's a seriousness in that as well, though, because she'll have been fucked with many times before yeah. in her career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, for her. it was fun. It was serious. Was, but it was a was, message. Was it, was, it, was it erotic? Yes, it was to me. I'm, I don't mind admitting that. I mean... If my, wa- to me, yeah. if, if my wife hears this, I'll just go, well, look, you know, it is what it is. Like, that was it. That was the beginning and the end of our physical contact. But yeah. when shit like that happens, it's going to have an effect on you. Um, but I thought it was remarkable. And she did indeed turn out to be a remarkable person. And that is a great introduction, isn't it, to a new colleague? Absolutely. Yeah. So there we are. Women can offer to fight men. Uh, and and win. Just the other way around. And, and win. win. Yeah, comfortably within seconds. <laughs> I mean, literally, so. I was to- It was incredible. It was like ninja shit, right? I've never, <laughs> I've never had anyone like defeat me so rapidly <laughs> and seamlessly. It was so, there was no fuss. You were bested within I seconds. I was bested within seconds. And I still now, as I describe it to you, can't quite work out what it is that she did. But she sort yeah. of slid underneath my legs and just like kicked at my ankles away. And then I fell Damn. backwards. And as I fell backwards, she leant, flipped forward. And by the time I touched it, I, I fell back. She was already at her knees on my yeah. shoulders. Bang! You're out of the game, mate. Fucking Fucked. hell. Yeah. Very sexy. Yeah, and I um, did not fuck with her, obviously. Of course not, yeah. Message received and understood. <laughs> yeah. So, um... So there's a fight going to happen, but Belinda says, must I fight you? And Dick says, no highwayman robs another. Only blood will serve to wipe out such an insult. So she says that she didn't know it was him and all this sort of thing. She's making her excuses. Um, Dick wants the stuff back. He's got the saddle bag, uh, but um, all of his stuff's mixed up with hers because she's been doing lots of robbing. Um, but she says that she's retired after her greatest triumph which is the robbing of Dick Turpin and he grabs her quite playfully and says why you (laughs) and uh, there's a a great chemistry between them and she says I'm hungry (laughs) I fucking bet you are Um, (laughs) he says maybe we could find an inn Uh, (laughs) yes an inn oh my god and she this is he moving says, quite rapidly. We should have breakfast together. Oh, mate. Well, yeah. It's very sexy. It's very for, sexy. And the writer, VT the writer hasn't Saturday. sort of dipped into this before. It's very hard to write sexy no. scenes, isn't it? I mean, I've never tried. I, I, I wouldn't want to try. <laughs> because, like, I don't know. It's just <laughs> awkward. <clears throat> he says, perhaps we should have breakfast together. And then she says, and then you can take what's yours. 
Oh. Fucking hell. I'll be like, Mom, point. Mom, Dick Turpin's gone weird. And Sam, why are you crying? <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel sad and worried. Oh, I'm a fucking hell. I can't believe it. Dick Turpin's oh. trying to have it off with a lady highway woman person. A tea time. On a Saturday, just after the fucking wrestling. Um, and Swiftnick rolls his eyes again at this. Um, so then they're in the inn having breakfast and she tells her, tells her story to Dick. Her father taught her to ride and fight and all this. And then her mother taught her to sew and cook. She, she uses a great line. She says, I'm supposed to dissolve into matrimony. Dissolve. Dick, that's a so great line. That, that's like straight out of Jane Austen, that. Yeah. Dick Turpin's that, like um, this at this point. All right, yeah, I didn't ask for your fucking whatever. life story. Are we going to do this in thing or what? <laughs> Kick your knickers off. <laughs> Listen, TikTok, time's fly by, time's money in our game. Now let's find that fucking in. I know a good one round here. There's decent rates and breakfast. I'll be dissolving as well in a minute if you don't hurry up. <laughs> um, so I'm supposed to dissolve it in the matrimony. Well, I refuse. It's London for me. She says that she needs £2,000 a year to live in style for over a year um, in order to attract a, a suitor. And now I have it. But Dick points out that some of that is his. Um, and she says, uh, will you ever forgive me? And he says, never. And he kisses her. And again, more confusion wow. among the young viewers. Man, this, this. what's he kissing for? There's kissing on Dick Turpin, man. I'll just fucking switch over then. Metal Mickey will be on in a minute. <laughs> He's kissing her for more than one second. It's like it's doing like a long kiss on her face, <laughs> mate. Um, I like Len. Still is like if any kissing happens at all, he gets angry and covers his eyes. Right? Yeah. I don't know if he does that for show in front. Like if we're all watching something together. Like if his sister says, "Mum and dad are there." He wants to be like, "Oh God, this is awkward." So it's his way of coping. But yeah. obviously, your boy's a few years yet older. Is there a point where you suddenly notice that they are? that you low-key notice they might be fancying people. And can you ever talk to your son about that in a bantery way without them getting the royal hump with you? It's tricky. I don't really think it's happened to that extent. Yeah. You can kind of tell yeah. when they kind of go a bit doe-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell that fancying has begun. But um, as, as for having a conversation, like... I mean, I've, I've resigned myself to the th the birds and the bees conversation mm. is pointless because they all talk among each other. Yeah, they They've know They've access to so much information and yeah. material on their yeah. mobile phones that, you know, if I was to sit down with either of them and say, let's talk about the facts of life, they would just fucking laugh in my face. Well, my daughter is actually really chill about, like, talking about boys and stuff like that. That's good. Like, so with her, it's funny, like... Last night we went to see The Batman with Robert Patterson. Yeah. And, like, she has got a real thing for Robert Patterson. Like, it seems like all girls do around that age, because I had a niece who's now, like, 30, but when she was about the same age as my daughter, that was when the Twilight films were out. And they just fucking oh, yeah. all love Robert Patterson. I can't see it myself. He's from round here. I see him in the pub at Christmas with Le Bon, mate. Not with Le Bon, yeah. but in the same pub. And, yeah. uh, anyway, he was really good at Batman. I quite liked it. And, uh, but 
we went for like some noodles first. Me and my daughter just went out, two of us, last night. And she talks very casually about fancying him and why she fancies him and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But if I brought up anything of that nature in my son, he would physically hit me. So Yeah, and vomit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all about development and phases and stages. Mm, and it everything. is. Yeah. So Dick kisses her. Uh, she then goes off to fetch Swift, Swift Dick. I don't know what she's doing that for because, uh, well, I mean, I don't know why she's doing it, but um, Dick, I'm sure, doesn't want Swift Nick to be involved in the uh, in the conversation. Uh, and just then, Swift Nick then runs back in to say that she's fucked off again. Dick, Dick, she's fucked off again. Sid, <laughs> what about the girl, Sid? Don't worry, Dick, Bernie. Uh, Dick then empties out his bag of the share of the loot that she'd given him and it's full of stones so she's fucked off not only with her own loot but with Dick's loot as well um, Dick has been done over again probably um, what's the word construct isn't it <laughs> he is he is and that is that is one of, that's an occupational hazard in his game isn't it <laughs> yeah so uh, she's done him listen Swiftnik, this is a good lesson for you. What's happened here is something that can happen to even the best highwaymen. I've been construct. It happens. It does happen. Sometimes right, you just go, the head. dust yourself down and get on with it. It, is, on. it is what it is. It's happened. And I've got to hold You've my got to factor it in. I've got to hold my hands up here and say it's fucking happened. Not for the first time and I doubt it'll be the last. Guilty as charged. Move on. <laughs> I'd like to apologise to you because it's probably cost you a few quid as well indirectly <laughs> so then she um, arrives at the massive home of her cousin Charles uh, who we had Charles Fenton who was referenced early on as the rogue of the family he's quite the dandy actually Charles um, so uh, Belinda arrives and tell, tells him that she's freed herself from mother and um, she's got herself a small fortune. All got with a good horse, a pistol, and a damn you dog, stand and deliver. Yes. I like that. Um, Charles says he'll fence all of the stuff that she's got. Yeah, I'll, then, fe- I'll fence that. I'll fence <laughs> that later on. <laughs> yes, he says, he says, I'll fence it presently. Which is a good, <laughs> good line. But then um, he kind of does fence it straight away because he pulls a pistol on her. Which is not very nice, not very cousinly. Um, He tells her that my debts have reached flood level and must be damned. (laughs) (laughs) More great dialogue. Mm. Um, And he tells her that he's going to send her off to Virginia on a voyage with two other women who've fallen on hard times. And they'll be going with Captain Rogers. So there's a plot twist. Yeah. Listen, um... Right, I ne- all that gear you've nicked, I'm going to have to fence that because I am fucking skint. I'm up to my eyes in debt. Now, one other thing. I've sold you to, to a sex slave trader and you're going to have to go to America with him on a boat where you will just be sold as a sex slave, presumably. That will be happening this evening. I've, I've, I've had to... I'm sorry. I'll be sorry to see you go, but I've had to do it because, as I say, I do have a lot of debts, so <laughs> I'm sure you understand. <laughs> chucks her in the stables with the other the other two women. Right, I'm going to chuck um, you in the stables now, just to, as, in, in, like in a holding capacity until it's, Matey Boy turns up. 
<laughs> it's 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 logistical. It's for every, it's in everyone's best interest to keep things simple. I'd love you to have a cup of tea and a bit of cake before you go, but no, you need to get in the stables. Um, Dick then arrives with Swift Nick. Uh, there's a servant who's got the saddlebag full of treasure uh, that Charles has given him to to look after, and um, Dick gets the saddlebag back and. Um, makes his way to the stables he's figured out that that's where she is uh, there's no key the servant has no key so Dick gets his pistol out and shoots the lock it's always always good to see a gun shooting a lock open yeah. I always enjoy that yeah yeah never, I love it never dull never dull I could watch YouTube videos of that sort of on a <laughs> yeah. loop just with some nice I'd watch it with some nice jazz music <laughs> shot. yeah yeah just like some gen- different some Gentle sort of coffee shop jazz music in the background, and yeah. just loads of different locks being shot with different types of gun. But I would say the flintlock gun is the best of all the guns, isn't it? I think so. But all kinds of eras, all kinds of locks, all kinds of guns. I could watch that all day long. Yeah. Um, so uh, Charles Fenton, of course, is the, is the cousin, and he's trying to sell the women to Captain Rogers. Captain Rogers has been out on the boating lake doing a bit of rowing about with his yeah. crew. But practice, I get. I guess. Yeah, we get, listen, listen, lad. We got to get all the way to fucking Virginia, which is in America. <laughs> so we better put some fucking practice in now. It's <laughs> gonna be like this, but it'll be a bigger ship. It'll be mad, it'll much longer. madder, massive waves, well, yeah. everything. We'll get our sea legs before we uh, kick off tonight. And um, he comes in from the lake, and they've all made their escape from the uh, from the stables. Um, some hijinks ensue and um, uh, Dick and Swiftnick and Belinda and the other women get, get onto the rowing boat and the captain and his crew all fall in the lake. We don't have any sword fighting in this one. The uh, The closest we get to excitement is the captain and his crew falling in the lake and getting wet. It's a bit Dad's Army. Yeah. But a bit last of the summer wine. But it'll do. It's fine. And uh, off they sail into the lake. I don't know how they make their escape. I don't know where they go to in this lake. Because is the lake just on the grounds of Charles's fucking house? And I don't you, know. You can't, let's, let's you not can't worry. Mate, you cannot escape on a lake. No, you can't, can you? You've got to come in at some time. Yeah. It's, it's impossible to get away from yeah. anyone on a lake. So Dick then gets Swiftnick to do all the rowing because he's going to do some more kissing with Belinda down at the other end of the of the rowing board. <laughs> uh, so Swiftnick make, once again... Make yourself scarce. Yeah, look, look the other way. Keep rowing. Um, and, yeah, and that it just ends there. There you go. Again, it's another episode where there isn't a kind of... It just ends. Yeah. And quite rightly. Goodbye. cramming more action. Yeah. Goodbye, the okay. end. Okay, kissing and rowing. <laughs> There's no like indicator of what happens, how they escape, where they go next. Do and, they say or, their goodbyes or anything wh- like that? Wh- no, whether she'll turn it. up, whether she'll become a regular, we don't know yet. Yeah, we I don't mean, know. It's almost we'll like next week. Because in the A-team, there was that girl, I think her name wasn't Daisy. Amy. Amy. And Amy, she sometimes yeah. would like turn up. And I th- did Face get off with her? I'm assuming he must have done. Probably. And there's yeah. no way a, a woman would have joined the ranks of the eighteen without him yeah. managing to get at least a snog out of it. Um, she was yeah, um, she'd a journalist or something, wasn't she? She would, yeah, the but sometimes she'd sort of join them for a little while, wouldn't yeah. she? So yeah. I don't know. So you can have occasional sort of um, semi-regular cameos. 
And so yeah. may, maybe this big-eyed uh, highway highway woman will join the cast now. I don't know. I hope so. Mm. I hope so. So that's it. That's another one down, and we'll move on to episode six next week. Uh, I don't know if that's actually on YouTube, but we've got... Uh, thanks to Jim Wilkinson. If you search our tweets, you'll find the Jim Wilkinson link. Yeah. It's now called... To, one of uh, Britain's greatest gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's for all of the episodes of Dick Turpin. As ripped from the DVD, DVD box set. Um, so there we are. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.